everybody, I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the Two Horny Girls! We're just two horny girls climbing the mountain of life. Eating Asian American stereotypes for breakfast. today on this pod welcome everybody to season two episode eight where we're going to be talking about all the recent violence Mm. against asian american pacific islanders and the hate and racism is a virus i know we talked about aapi hate the other week but we were kind of just in our feels too much which we still are um we're gonna be honest we've been working like crazy in our dad series and we hope you've enjoyed that thank you guys for tuning in thank you for listening roxy your dad's a badass your dad's a badass your dad's a badass you know and we're going off of this like super good feeling but also like interviewing our dads has also made us keenly aware of the attack on the most vulnerable population in our community and i know that there's a lot of anger happening right now and we just want to take this time to really dissect what's happening going to the backstory of why it's even happening and how we could take action or maybe even just meditate on this for the future. Roxy and I are two shots of scotch in (laughs) because that's how we can access our anger because for whatever reason, our anger is kind of repressed. I don't know, as Asian women like in the US, (laughs) we have to repress our anger. But just to be serious for a second, you can head to our website, twohornygoats.com. We have a list of resources. Um, They're going to be kind of split up into educational resources and then also action um, resources. So um, everything from a GoFundMe uh, to how you can support the community to uh, different vigils that might be going on in in LA. We're going to try to put something together that's at least able to point you in the right direction. And on the education side, I think the uh, Seattle Library put out a really interesting PowerPoint that has a bunch of readings and a lot of like questions and prompts and how you can talk to your families about it. Anyhow, that's going to be on our website, twohornygoats.com. Click the episode link and you'll you'll get a bunch of resources. Thank you so much for doing that, Priska. Yeah, we just want to make sure that everybody has a call to action after this episode so that feel like you're not just left with feelings and that you're left with a direction. Yeah. So going off of that, though, something super positive we want to give a shout out to our friend Naofumi Kudo you know we do we haven't mentioned this in a while but if you are enjoying our content yes you can go to twohorningoats.com. There's a little button at the top right that says support us Mm -hmm. and when you click it it takes you to a PayPal link Uh uh, and you can donate some money to us to help us cover our podcast costs. Everything goes to our podcast costs and an occasional mimosa. But you know, Uh, yeah, (laughs) like one or 10, you know, it's not that many. But you know, Roxy and I, we pay for website hosting. We pay for uh, the microphones that we use. We pay for the podcast hosting. And actually, you know, we have a wonderful engineer who's really handsome, has an ass that won't quit. And he is helping us pro bono because (laughs) bono, (laughs) 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 pro bono because he's my husband and I like him. But he believes in the show and he believes in continuing to move the Asian American representation forward. So basically what we're saying is yeah. every dollar counts and every goes towards the, the continuation of this podcast. Yeah. So thank you to all of you. Thank you, Naofumi. We love you. And uh, so, yeah, make sure to donate, y'all. <laughs> thank you. I know. Even if it's $2, um, it's super helpful for us. And maybe if there's a surplus to going to get merch i don't know oh yeah do you let us know if you want the merch (laughs) we had this plan but you know life has just taken a lot but just sort of going back to what we're talking about so many things have been happening in our world ever since last year during this time because when this episode airs it's literally just a year after when everything first started getting shut down in the united states so um, how are you doing a year i know all the like memes i think my favorite one is uh kate winslet it's like march 2020 and 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 you're like young 19 year old kate winslet and then march 2021 yeah and then you're like ancient rose about to throw that fucking jewel off the boat into the ocean it's weird because i think if it wasn't within the context of all of these huge catastrophes yeah happening outside of our control if it's just within my own insular individual experience i would say i'm doing okay because i have people i love and people who love me and we're getting by day by day however it's fucking instances like 
you know, George Floyd and like, you know, the Trump era. And like, I'm sorry to be creating PTSD right now, but it's like we're still going through, you know, the remnants of this chaotic era. And sadly to say, this isn't the first wave of AAPI hate and violence. This is almost the second and even third wave of like just from 2020. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, about a year ago, maybe exactly a year ago, the COVID was just starting to kind of make the news. Mm-hmm. I was looking for an apartment and I remember going to see a place and I went in and the guy is like, oh, no shaking hands, you know, and it was like March 6th. So it was like, OK, I get it. Um, but the lady who came in behind me was an Asian and he went and shook her hand. No. So that was like just a, maybe maybe he didn't even notice. Maybe it was habit, like maybe whatever it was. But at the time, it felt bigger than I expected it to because, you know, you're in New York and we grew up in L.A. Everything's really diverse. Everything's really well mixed, I guess, for the most part. And I didn't experience a ton of discrimination. I mean, obviously, on the school ground, you get called certain things like, you know, your eyes are slanty and whatever. But this was like in my adult life, one of the few times that I felt um, the effects of like China being named as the the origin of COVID-19. China was the origin of the Wuhan virus, yes. which became the China virus mm-hmm. by coined by so delicately by Trump. But the thing is, is that like, a poet. it wasn't, you know, he was arguing that, oh, Spanish flu, we called it that. But you're not just villainizing the Spanish people. Mm-hmm. You're villainizing not just the Chinese, but literally all Asian all Americans. Asians, yeah. Our whole community, you know, this huge umbrella term. Yeah, because we're already a monolith. I mean, we are not, but we're already like um, the the impression of us is that we're just a monolithic and and really not. I mean, COVID has affected our community so differently. And I was reading a stat about Filipino nurses right now, just bearing the brunt of of sickness and death during COVID. and, And my heart just goes out to them. You know, it's... I don't know what to do. I don't know how to resolve it. I don't know. It's just heartbreaking, you know? So every community is grieving different things during this time. Do you realize that it's sort of like a subconscious layer that um, America is so used to where Asian Americans are just the toppings of this invisibility Sunday? You know, it's like, we don't want to make any waves. We just don't want to cause any trouble. You know, it's like this narrative that we feed to each other. That's become so normalized that even if something like this happens the elder are gonna be like let's not make any waves let's not talk about it it's fine yeah i I think um there's a restaurant i think it's called jeju noodles it's a korean restaurant in new york Mm -hmm. someone had spray painted on their building something like something about them eating dogs Mm. and um the owner literally said i was really angry when it happened but you know by the time um a couple days had passed i decided not to report it I get why. Like for Asians, it's like you just hold your head up, kind of grin and bear it. You know, you just move through it. Like I think the Asian American immigrant mindset has always been the more the it, it, like tacitly, the more white we can be, the more they'll accept us. And the more that we don't create any trouble for the yeah. whites, like then the more will be accepted. Yeah. And that goes into the model minority myth. Yes. Right. So all of this feeds into this sort of socially constructed narrative yes. of us. And I just also want to point out that even though we may be discussing this now mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, within our communities, within our network, Asian hate yeah. is something that's happening all over the world right yeah. now. Yeah, we were looking it up and it's yeah. in France, it's in the UK, a lot of the Western world, non obviously non-Asian countries. Um, this is a huge problem. And again, it's like one of the things is like we can't stay silent. Like even if something happens and you you feel embarrassed or you see something happen and you don't really know how to... Silence is deadly right now. Like we need to speak up about things that are happening. And two... This is complicated because as the the model minority myth, as we've talked about on this show, and as I'm sure you're hearing about a lot right now, the model minority myth has been used to keep other minorities down and has been weaponized against other minorities and is actually used as a way to proliferate the false idea that Asians are white adjacent. There's this really great quote that you have here from mm. Frank Wan's article. Yeah. The model minority in the age of Trump, if I could read it. Please, please. If America is no longer great and America is never to blame, then some nefarious other must be responsible. 
Asians in America remain a small and vulnerable population and make for promising scapegoats. <sighs> Such powerful shit yeah. that really encapsulates that experience into those few sentences. <sighs> We're in this endless pyramid of comparison in between our other minority brothers and sisters. Yeah. Right? It's absolutely true. And I think that brings us into topic one. And so topic one, we are just going to be sharing some things we've learned and sharing some opinions on topics that are being talked about a lot right now, basically taking the temperature between Roxy and I. Yeah, it's just an open dialogue because I have to say I've been, you know, keeping my head sort of separate for this project that I just wrapped. Mm. And I needed to, to have some separate boundaries. Like cocoon yourself. Totally to yeah. what I was feeling. So in a way, when we were, you know, talking about this today, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to speak about it. But yeah. in essence, this has been something that's been cooking for so long. Yeah. It's not just this one incident. No. It's not just this one year. No. This has been happening for generations in yeah. our silence. Like, as you were just talking about Prisca in terms of we need to speak up yeah do you realize like you and me even now it's so difficult for us to do so like it's scary sometimes we're so afraid of what we might say even when we're just trying to speak our truth and defend ourselves yeah in our own personal life not not even just like yeah. speaking for the bigger picture absolutely and i, I just want to kind of empower anyone who's listening because you know in topic two we're going to try to talk about potential action items I had to look all of those up. I literally was at a loss for what to do. I have right. friends that are activists that are really great at that. I follow them and I try to keep up. But like, I feel just as lost um, and helpless and angry. And even my husband was feeling so much anger that why are you attacking the vulnerable in our population? The most vulnerable. The most vulnerable. 91-year-olds, 87-year-olds, 82-year-olds, 65-year-olds. Like, these are our parents' ages, our grandparents, if we're lucky. If you're lucky enough to have your grandparents around, that's their ages. And these are the people they're going for. Like, and literally, I cannot even imagine your headspace when you look at an old person in general. Yeah. No matter what race you are. Yeah. Don't you see... Someone who's in your life, your grandparent or anyone that's older that yeah. took care of you in those shoes. Yeah. That's what scares me. You just read that quote and it's about the previous administration, Donald Trump. And the scary thing is sometimes I can, in my mind, like in order to get to sleep, I'm like, yeah, okay, Trump's out of office. He's no longer like racism is out of the office. But the fact is those tweets were, re I don't know if you heard this stat, Roxy? Those tweets were retweeted 1.2 million times and liked 4.2 million times. See, that's where that's insane because yeah. you were just talking about how absurd this number is yeah. and how, yes, Trump has been removed from office, yeah. but at the same time, his tweets created a catalyst yes. of events. And, and gave permission yes, yes. To, to instill hate. And so I want to ask you, and this mm -hmm. is something I'm sure many people have asked, but I haven't even... I don't know why it's not a bigger conversation. Yeah. And I'm sure you've thought of it of this as well. Black Lives Matter's movement was extraordinary. Yeah. People took to the streets everywhere, yeah. in every country, mm -hmm. all around the world, in solidarity for what happened to those three. Yeah. I heard of a march in Chinatown on Saturday, mm. the week that this was, you know, being circulated, all those videos. But I didn't see a lot of videos. I didn't mm. really see anything. It almost sort of disappeared. Yeah. Why? It, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's because I heard that a lot of what's been happening is just below a hate crime. Like, what? Like from a legal standpoint. But I that's like so bizarre to me yeah. because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like this is just as justifiable. Yeah. You know oh, what totally. I mean? And that it, it's not just one person. It's literally a wave of incidents. Yeah. Thousands I know. of cases. Yeah. And all across the country. And, and, yeah. and it, it is just. I don't know. I feel like we're still in the vortex. Well, it's again how Asians, like we talked about, um, our internet literacy allowed this to finally be covered by the media. It took weeks and weeks, if not months, 
in order for this to get picked up by the, the by the media. You know what I'm saying? Like we had to have viral video after viral video. We had to have celebrities jump on board. We had to have all this before the media would even touch it. I guess what I'm trying to unpack is mm. the history of black history in the United States, which spurred so much resentment and anger mm. in our fellow black brothers and sisters to this generation where enough was enough. Yeah. The past couple of generations, they really started speaking out. They found their voice. They found their power. Yeah. I have a feeling we have not found ours yet. I don't think we have. And with Black Lives Matter, it, it is something directly systemic. There is a clear antagonist in your cause. Mm -hmm. And right now... There's no actual uh, culprit. You know what I'm saying? There's right. no there's no clear group behind this. It's so random and sporadic, which makes it terrifying for us because I don't want my in-laws live in K-Town. I, I don't want them to go out anywhere. My in-laws, they're in their 70s. I don't want them to leave the house. I'm terrified because it's so random and sporadic. And it's happening because more people feel... They have permission. Um, they're angry at Asians because they've been given this narrative. That's not true. But that's why I think there's no clear culprit. There's no clear target. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't be calling our representatives. It doesn't mean we, we, we absolutely should be calling our local representatives to make them actively speak out against it, right? That is very important. Biden was against the violence. He was publicly against the violence, right? So someone at the top is technically maybe not fighting for us, but on our side. You right, know right, what I right. mean? So, so, so that is Good. That was one of the first things he did. Right. Like, and I was like, oh, th that's great. That's a great move, you know, but it's not enough. And again, I think what's interesting is, are you on Clubhouse? I am. Oh, cool. Um, I, I haven't I, spent too much time. I, 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 yeah. I'm not one of those who. No, I, I you know, what I've done some. I, okay, we can talk about Clubhouse another maybe, time. <laughs> yeah, maybe if I spent more time on it. But what's great, and I think. I think that's exactly like kind of to answer your question is we need to we need to obviously have conversations within our community, but we need to go outside of our community and continue to have conversations with uh, different groups. And so a lot of black and Asian clubhouse rooms have been forming in which they're trying to talk about what can be done. Have you attended those? I personally, I haven't had uh, the chance to really dig into, I've like maybe popped into a few, but I'm just really glad that those conversations are happening. And like, what can we do? We can't do this alone. That, that's a fact, right? We can't do this alone simply for the fact that we need each other. Yes. We need more people, you yes. know? And, and it's like, you get bullied at school, the most powerful thing is someone who saw it happen and voiced it, right? And we talked about that list last week. Like, we need our allies. They're so important. It doesn't mean we don't have something to do. Obviously, we have a lot of work to do, but going out of our communities, having cross-cultural conversations. I had a friend, Taz, who I freaking love, and she um, had a podcast called Good Muslim, Bad Muslim. Mm -hmm. And she kind of tweeted and she was like, hey, like, it's great that everyone's understanding and understandably angry about Asian American hate. However, where was this ire when the Muslim ban happened? You know what I think is that this is constantly an evolution of learning, yes. right? Like we learn to be collective yeah. during Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, we're getting the wave of that. Oh, how good does it feel to stand with other people who yeah. are oppressed? And I think now it's catching on. This, like before, we were all separated yeah. with our own different sort of experiences and different obstacles. Yeah. But now slowly it's like, as you were telling me about like these conversations happening on Clubhouse, all I can think about is, my gosh, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. But hell yeah, it's beginning. It's beginning. It's yeah. happening, right? Yeah. And and so I don't think it's helpless, but I do have a couple questions for you too. Yeah. I hear a lot of conversations right now about encouraging people to learn self-defense if indeed they see something and need to fight back. How do you feel about that? Because that kind of both goes against a lot of my programming, 
But at the same time, I've heard from a lot of Asian American males. Um, I think Eddie Huang and David Chang talked about it on on um, Dave Chang's podcast this week, where from a young age, Asian American men in this country had to learn that like they had to learn to fight back. Otherwise, they were going to be beaten up continuously. Also, I just want to say that this is something fed through media. You know what I mean? It's like the representation of the Asian male or like Asian female, like knowing karate, knowing Kung Fu. I know that this sounds like like a different subject, but I just want to bring it back because it does have a connection. Okay. When I was growing up, I learned self-defense immediately. I took Taekwondo, you know, because... In movies and in all of these like TV shows, the Asian person was the one who had to fight off all these bad guys Mm. in case they were attacked. And that's how the world sees or how America sees Asian people, you know, and it's like, what, you want to fight little guy? You want to fight? Jackie Chan always says, I don't want any trouble. Jet Li. I don't want any trouble. They don't do that in their Hong Kong films. They don't have to say any of that bullshit. But if you see like clearly like American films featuring Asian characters in it, this is the circumstances that they have to deal with. It's an awkward reflection of what's happening right now in our reality. And so I have to say, okay, I'm not an idealistic person. Mm -hmm. I see patterns in our world. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately... If you were to ask me learning self-defense, yes, basic self-defense. It's like as a woman growing up, as a girl growing up, Mm -hmm. to fight yourself against potential sexual predators. Mm -hmm. Always have mace. Always have. This is nothing unusual outside of that, in my opinion. I just didn't expect that it would go so far to attack our elders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No one does that. The TV shows don't do that. They no. don't attack your elders. How low is that? Yeah. Right? You know, we were talking about our dad's episodes. If you, I was listening to both of ours and I was like, if anyone was trying to put a hand on any of these two men, like, I can't understand. Like, that just gets me so incensed. You know, these are the totems of wisdom and... And they're gentle. Gentle. Yeah, exactly. And I know we talked about how, you know, as immigrants, Asian immigrants, we just try to fold ourselves as small as we can to not disrupt, to not take up too much space. And like, they're already trying to disappear. We already try to disappear ourselves and to have that be attacked is just completely wrong. But I guess on the flip side of that, a little more positive, there have been a lot of ally groups organizing mm. to walk with the elderly in different Chinatowns across the U.S. How how are you feeling about that? I'm sad that I had to come to this. Yeah, that's ex- that's ex- pretty much exactly what my thoughts were too. <laughs> Neighborhood watch before our elderly, you know. Like, um, thank goodness for you know. I think it started in Oakland, the first one that I saw public, where it was just like, hey, like let's get together, let's walk these elderly people home or to the market or whatever. But you're right, it's like sad that that needs to happen. I mean, it's a positive thing, Priska, and I always want to try to focus on positive aspects of you know, what we can do to make change. But if you think about history, it's like we had wars, you know, and we had, we had slavery, we had all these things, but a direct attack on elderly people in the community is just something that I've never fathomed before. And a whole wave of it, like it's a trend, right? It almost feels that way. It's a little scary because sometimes I'm like, is this encouraging more? Like, I don't know. Like, you know how like, um, I think I had a discussion with my coworkers and they were like, they should stop naming and showing the photos of mass shooters because it can inspire copycat attacks. Yeah. And in some ways, and and obviously this is probably confirmation bias, but I'm just almost like, I'm almost nervous about the attention it's getting because I know that in the right communities, it has the right effect. But I don't know how people are going to read this. I don't know if people might watch something like the videos we saw. And I don't know what dark world this person needs to live in, but like literally laugh and be like, I guess we can do that now. That's my fear. That's my genuine anxiety right now. I think as we dive deeper into this topic, it is really hard to ground it yeah. because we're, we're too close to it. And also it, it's like, I remembered when Black Lives Matter happened and you and I were talking on the pod and 
there was so much fire and there was so much rage and people were incentivized to gather and take action to organize. Mm -hmm. People were taking the streets. Yeah. Felt like we were all together yeah. on something and we were determined. This, despite what we hear in the news and it feels very quiet. I wonder though, I think we're feeling that right now, but I think that our black brothers and sisters have felt that same feeling for so many years. Like how bad does it have to be to galvanize the world into action? Right. And I think how many names are there that we can name that because they became a trending hashtag, but it still didn't it still didn't incentivize those marches. You You're know? right. This is sort of like they were the forefathers, exactly. like the indigenous black yeah. people of color were mm -hmm. the forefathers of this yes. struggle of, of, of this backlash. And we have stood both opposed to each other, whether by choice or not, and shoulder to shoulder with each other throughout the history of the past 150 years. A hundred percent. Yeah. History repeats itself. But, it you know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's like been inspiring for me because when I look outside of my network, outside of Facebook, mm -hmm. outside of Instagram, I go on random TikTok for mm -hmm. you page and I see, you know, these young Gen Z, black, indigenous, even white allies talking about, about it, the yeah. need to make this more visible, to yeah. talk about, you know, um, Asian hate and violence in a more visible manner. That's what strikes me, yeah. you yeah. know, and I'm like, yes. And it's please continue this. It's tough because, you know, this is going to definitely be a topic in the future. But anti-black sentiments in the Asian in Asian culture is really, really toxic and it's really deeply ingrained, you know. And so I think I, I, I know that there are black community activists who are like, well, why do we need to help the Asians? They're racist against us. It has, it, it has to start somewhere. It has to start with us, you yeah. know, yeah. and we have to reach out we, to each other. I think when you were talking about the resource list, yeah, I think the biggest one that strikes out to me is how to talk to older generations about it. Yes. You know, so a lot of groups are trying to translate things into different languages, as, as many of us have seen. Mm -hmm. um, but. We still need to dig into that, I think, a bit more before we're ready to talk about it in terms of like how to talk to your Asian parents about. Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Because we <laughs> I, need to talk about I, that. Yes. But and we're not there we yet. We haven't gotten there. We like, haven't you and I there. personally yeah. haven't no. crossed that threshold either. No. Like the term that I grew up with in, it basically means it's a derogatory, fearful term of like black ghost, you know, it is how I was raised here. Like, I don't know if we should say it on the show, to be honest, but hey, wait. I remember hearing about it because there was a lot of fear-based sentiments towards Black um, people by our Asian grandparents and parents. I think it's good that you say that. Yeah. I, I think it's because good it's that you wrong. said it out loud because, yeah. again, it's like we have to acknowledge that yeah. this exists and existed. Yes. Right? We have to own up that this is what we were taught. We do. This is, we need to understand why we're pitted to be divided against each exactly. other in order for us to move forward together, right? Larger forces yeah. at play. And I think on that, let's take a little break and let's hop into topic two. And obviously more than ever, we also need to remain educated on this topic. So if you have additional resources that you want to add to our um, upcoming list, if you have thoughts, if you heard something that you disagreed with, Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. We would love to hear your thoughts. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, Goatees. We love hanging out with you every week. If you're liking what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us a lot, and we will be eternally grateful. Okay, bye. Everybody, welcome back to... 
talking about what we can do against all of the hate and violence against the AAPI community that's been happening. So in this second section, we'll be talking about sharing resources and what we can do next. I know that, uh, Priska, you have definitely compiled a whole list of things that we can do. But what is the essential problem that is currently rooted in our circumstance right now? I think there's a lot. It's a multi-pronged problem from what I've tried to research. And of course, I am not, we are not experts, experts, but we are just trying to do what we can. Yeah. There's quite a few groups actually, but I think stopaapihate.org, they convened, I think in March of 2020. And what they wanted to do was start to just gather and record the hate crimes, right? And so uh, I think an issue in our community is like we talked about in the first half, we don't always want to speak up. We don't want to rock the boat. Rocks, if something happened to your parents, because you see them being like, like, oh, we don't have to report it. It's not that big a deal. Like, I'm fine. Could you see that happening? Yes. I could see them saying that and me being so fired up that I'm going to probably take it to the other end of the spectrum and probably lose my shit because all of it needs to be channeled somewhere. Right. But I agree. It's like, I would much rather have a practical plan going forward of who can actually help. Because to be honest, if I were to be in that situation, number one, I'd feel overwhelmed. Number two, my lack of faith in the system. Right. Number three, like how much change can I actually do? Yeah. Right. Uh, absolutely absolutely especially if you didn't get it caught on camera in asian culture it's like oh i don't want to trouble someone burden someone else especially when there's maybe i misread the situation i think that's very prevalent in our circles and so i think there are ways to take action that for lack of a better term it's kind of like the white way to do it you know the 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 white way that actually does incur change but isn't satisfying in the in the in the moment (laughs) like obviously punching someone in the face might be satisfying in the moment but what real change will come from that right that's complicated right but so what i'm gathering and what i'm you know because i feel really helpless and i sit in bed a lot and or lay in bed a lot and i feel helpless but silence is deadly Right. And so some of the things we can at least try to do and some of the things we're going to try to provide some resources for is looking out there and signing petitions. Right. There's a lot of different petitions out there. You can try to if you're feeling really active, look locally and see if you can join a coalition. There's mm-hmm. a lot of groups for Asian-Americans, for Asian-Americans and, and, and black um, coalitions. There's minority coalitions. There's so many different things out there. You can donate your money if you're somebody who uh, invested in GameStop and, and you are ready to go. Like <laughs> you can try that. This is one that I think in the short term might feel more satisfying um, and is really helpful to your community, your local community is work with your neighborhood to repair hate fueled vandalism. I like that one a lot because yeah. you're actually working with your hands and you're working with other people yeah. who want to be proactive about reversing violence, right? Absolutely. And it's like your own streets and, you know, it's closer to home. That's like, you know, some of the ideas that, you, you can if you want to be more proactive physically yeah. to be a part of it. But of course, like we said last time in one of our other episodes, everybody works at their own pace in terms of their healing. Everyone so is true. affected differently by what's happening. And some ways that you can actively be a part of is just by talking about it yeah. in your circles with your friends. And I think I really like this one that you said, Prisca, which is actively denouncing it in your, in circles, your circles, calling it out. Yeah. It's like if you get bullied, someone else calls it out. Yeah. For the longest time, we were told to stay silent. Yeah. Right. And how now, many China jokes have you laughed at, like on set or whatever, where they're like, huh, slanty eyes. And I'm like, well, okay, it's not that big a deal. I'll laugh along. Mm. Like, you know, how many little, little microaggressions do we nod along with because we don't want to create discomfort? A hundred percent. And all of that just sort of, it, it, it always ends up coming out somewhere, y'all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just be very mindful of that. Yeah. If you're an artist, you could write a song about it. You could mm-hmm. be creative about it. Of course, call your local reps, email your local reps, and uh, feel free to intersect and talk to other groups. Yes. I think right now people are either very angry, which is justified. But also I think there's a space in which we are more willing to be open to each other because we're all hurting. We're all hurting. Yeah. 
Roxy and I are obviously humanities majors, super useful. (laughs) (laughs) But if you have a law background or paralegal background and you can support victims in some way um, to help them report an incident, a lot of people don't know how to properly report an incident. I don't even know if we want to rely on law enforcement right now, right? That's also very complicated because, but if you're aware of the legality behind it, like there's a lot of people that could use your help right now. Yes. Just to show that there's so many different ways to be involved that you don't have to feel guilty if you're not doing a march or if you're not like, you know, whatever, uh, there's so many ways to do it. So um, we just beseech you to just think about a way that works best for you and like be a part of that change any can make that change exactly this is a never ending process but continue to educate yourself about the history of race specifically in america because that's where Mm -hmm. we're living right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. check in on it read about it the more you know the more you can see like roxy's saying seeing patterns repeat themselves how can we disrupt each pattern it can feel like you're at you're at the ocean you're at the beach the waves in and of itself may feel insurmountable. Yes. But if you, you need to look at the bigger picture, you know? I think emotions run so hot, especially yeah. now with internet and social media. One little match can fuel a whole volcano, yes. right? So just be very mindful of your emotions because yes. we need to be able to discern yes. what's happening. Step back and look at it logically and practically. How can I effectively process what it is that I'm feeling? Yes. Because, and am I checking? all the facts do I have enough information yeah. to formulate that opinion because it's nowadays you know people are just and we see this all the time like ever since the start of Facebook and algorithms yeah. but like just repeating reposting without a second thought yes. this feeds my bias so I'm just going to keep spreading it yes you know and then if anybody challenges me well fuck you yeah you know it's an ongoing conversation. We're not trying to say cancel people if they don't know something like for sure. It's like, we want to make sure good information is going out there. We want to make sure if we are angry, which we are, that we're aware of the context enough where we can direct our energies and our anger in the way that will actually be swift and helpful. Popping someone in the face might feel really good, but actually calling your representatives might have a longer lasting effect. So, you know, the yellow peril supports black power. There was an illustration that was going around and the artist even came out and said that the people that were commenting on the post kind of re-educated um, them on the history of that mm-hmm. thing. And and they kind of had to adjust the illustration to better reflect the cause. You know, it's things like that. We can we just continue educating each other. That's you know? why it's like, you know, even with this podcast and stuff, I know that Prisca and I, you know, we just try to do our best with giving yeah. information forward and we have our opinions about yeah. what's happening and we try to do our best to collect information and to check our bias as well. But, you know, pain, pain occurs and yeah. we all feel it and we're all coping with grief, right? When I think about truth, I think that the truth is just the most convenient one. Hmm. because we're always searching for the, there's always new truth that comes out as with science. It's Mm. like, it's just the most convenient truth Mm. is a fact, Mm. right? So I think as long as we check ourselves and check with each other and call each other out as well. Don't sit in in that convenience and just take it. A hundred percent. Don't sit in that convenience. Just always seek to do better. Yes. And so you guys may have seen like hashtag stop Asian hate. You might have seen, you know, hate is a virus around. Um, If you want to support these community funds on GoFundMe, we'll have the links up on our blog. Some of the um, organizations that this fund um, sponsors is Oakland Chinatown Ambassadors Program, the Khmer Girls in Action, Mekong NYC, AAPI Women Lead, and and more. So if you donate, if you are able, go ahead and, and donate and support because it really is going towards um, protecting these communities. I don't know, Rox, do you think you'll jump into some clubhouse conversations this week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's tough because I think... I sort of stand in the space of I need to process this on my own first before I hear other people dive super deeply into it. Yeah. Because I think it affects all of us collectively, but individually, 
it's really hard to get grounding on it as well. Do you it know is, what I'm saying? It's it like, is. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to handle the onslaught of what these convers. I mean, I know I have to hear them. I know that I do. Yeah. And, and, and for me as an example, for all y'all, if you feel like you need to take your own time, I'm a, I'm a clear representation yes. of that. Of course, it's like, there will be call to action. This is not a race. It's not going to happen overnight. No. It's going to take time for us to get there. So, that's me. What about you? I feel you so hard. And I know that it's been pretty much exactly a year. Well, when this podcast goes out a little bit more, it's been just over a year of COVID-19 entering our collective consciousness. So I think you're right. I think we're still trying to understand the larger forces at play. I think we're still trying to wrap our heads around I how feel like I'm still is. trying to wrap my head around Black Lives Matter yes and yeah. everything that happened and Breonna Taylor yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. still not getting justice like yeah. I, I think there's so many loose ends still and, and I think that if I'm really answering your question yeah that is where that's what I'm pinpointing yeah is if that's not closed up, how can I do this if I put my efforts in that? Yeah. And I know this is now my community. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Am I ready for this onslaught when I haven't even closed yeah. or at least tried to close the doors on this chapter? So agreed. Um, agreed. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And I, and I like even if we take the, the example of, of schoolyard bullying, like when I was being bullied, I did not know how to fight against it personally yes and i didn't know if i actually had cause i didn't know if i actually should say something all of it was bad enough emotionally but never crossing a line in terms of the rules it became difficult to know when and where to apply my voice to speak up against it and i think that's very similar to how we're feeling right now and i and and you know i know we talked about this a couple weeks ago but we need our allies and but we can't we can't just like wait for them to do something we gotta work together if anything is uplifting that's the thing i've gathered from seeing conversations on clubhouse seeing like the black community kind of speak out against this and denounce it as well we are in the process of like showing where we stand on it publicly and now i think the next the next phase is joining together because there's power in numbers you know what's kind of crazy is like sort of um relating bullying to what's happening because it's just below the threshold yeah. the boundary yeah. of what's not allowed honestly knocking someone over uh, yeah it's like assault but like it's elderly people they're much more fragile but you know what i'm saying like yes i do and and what i want to say about that is is it possible to denounce or to eliminate schoolyard bullying right i think no right, right? because kids that's be how, kids, yeah. well not really but it's like that we can't control their individual environment sure. right but at the same time mm. i have hope because i like go on tiktok again I, you guys can tell that like tiktok has been my main source of intake so soothing. like uh, what i eat in a day you know the, the nice music but i've been seeing you know these beautiful moving tiktoks of like parents teaching their kids about you know not even not teaching them about racism. Yeah. You know, not teaching them about the differences in color. Yeah. And seeing how the kids react. Ooh. Right. And like promoting that sort of change in education yeah. from a home level. That's what gives me hope. It's it, you're 100 percent right. And I think there's a lot of children's books that have come out in the past year that are in support of that. Because I think if we say, oh, color doesn't exist, that's not true. Like we need to talk about the systemic differentiation between white people, black people, I don't know, yellow people, like, uh, like uh, <laughs> other minority groups, right? right? And like, in addition to that, you know, in terms of call, like, in terms of action items, let's use our strengths to fight back the way, ways we can. I know a lot of my friends who are teachers who are trying to engage, especially, you know, junior high, high school, college level teachers who are actively trying to engage in these conversations with their students. If you happen to be in that position, God bless you. Thank you for what you do, because 
um, you're forming the next generation. I do have hope because I think Gen Z, from what I see, from what I'm privy to, um, I'm sure they've got a lot of secret group chats that I'll never see in my lifetime. And if I did, I wouldn't understand We're that. We're not cool enough for We're them. We're not cool enough for Honestly, them. Honestly, when I grow up, I want to be a Gen Z TikToker <laughs> spreading. But like this new generation, they've taken in a deep interest a deeper interest than i would say our our demographic did when we were that age okay well like, we were we were we came up in a very vain and very vapid, vapid. Yeah. like you know environment of social media yeah. but now i think because of all the stress we've been through yeah. and all the uh catastrophic you know events that have been happening it's like we're learning to understand that the bigger picture it's not about us yeah right yeah so on that note you know our friend sean mira is also planning a vigil for yes. those who have been affected by this so make sure to give them a follow and yeah. stay tuned with what's happening stay tuned yeah hopefully we'll have some information of, about that by the time this airs it might have just passed so um I'll, we'll put that up on our instagram either and, way and, follow yeah. sean he's awesome sean mira yeah, yeah. sean m i u r a sean mira you may have seen him in a buzzfeed video um but he is um just one of our really good friends and a community activist that we really rely on and trust and he's such a good writer and he puts things Things in writing and 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 saying that I can never be eloquent enough to yes, and he constantly <laughs> tries to put himself in the center of what's happening, and I just have to shout him out too because just the other weekend he was asking me for some advice because he was getting products for people with periods um, to hand out in homeless communities. Mm -hmm. So um, he's just doing good work, and he's so quiet and humble about it. So we just want to give him a little bit of a shout out. I also danced with him on a dance team called Ferocia many media. years ago. <laughs> and he runs um, Tuesday Night Cafe, um, which is just a great, obviously, like artist hub, but also community um, event, um, which is sadly not occurring because of COVID. But that's where we are. And again, we are just two people in this crazy tapestry of Asian Americans in not just SoCal, not just California, but in the U.S. So if you have thoughts, like we would love to hear about it. If you agree with us, great. If you disagree with us, okay, let's talk. You know, let's have a conversation. If you want to send us a voice note, um, we've been trying to get people to send us voice notes forever. No one does. <laughs> but if you want to send us a 60-second voice note about how you're feeling, where you are at, Record one and shoot it to us at hello at two horny Why don't you want to be on this Why podcast? Don't you I mean, want to? <laughs> I mean, be a part. I mean, it's so humbling. Like every time we know how many people tune in and we're just like, come party okay, with us. Come party. You know, and then yeah. like, honestly, Prisca and I are definitely looking forward for, you know, later in the year when we all get vaxxed and, you know, we are all maybe possibly allowed to be around each other yeah. that we can see what these community exactly. events. Exactly. That we can have this dialogue in person rather than, you know, everyone just listening to us. More. I know. We would literally love nothing more but we need your thoughts because yes. it, it enriches our minds a hundred percent obviously this episode is really more centered around you know call to actions on what we can do in the aftermath of what has happened um but you know, next week, we're definitely going to go back into talking more about our personal traumas. Yeah. So uh, we'll be sure to come back for that. Simple fodder. Simple fodder. So uh, we're going to transition into our favorite part of the episode. Oh my God. Wait, is it time? Is it time? Is I it think time? it's time. What's the time for? It's time for <laughs> Unsolicited Dick. All right. Well, given the topic of this episode, we do want to highlight some amazing Asian American creatives and small business owners today, Rox. Uh -huh. Ask me what I did today before what you, you got here. What you did today. Okay. So before you got here, uh -huh. um, first I dusted everything in the house. Yes, and then everything secondly, is very clean. Thank you. Very impressed. How do you do this? It's I don't understand. It's gotta be COVID. It's um, wow. sanitizing theater. <laughs> Your house is so big. It must have taken you like six oh hours. Oh my God. It's actually, we um, we hire this service and it's like sexy maids, but they're Ooh. all, yeah, no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> I, wouldn't that be fun? And uh, so I, I don't know how to explain this, but my, where my office is situated in the house it's inside um where the house had an a uh, uh, an extension like an addition to the house was added so my office is like dark and kind of like when i zoom i feel like i'm reporting to people from a bunker where i have dug down deep into the earth and i have canned goods all around me <laughs> so the, right rocks that's kind of yeah. what i look like um so but i realized that if i shut the blinds and i close the door and i put on my headphones it feels like i'm in a movie theater so guess what i did Ooh. i watched the now golden globe award-winning um film by chloe Zhao. uh-huh um, no, no bad, bad. Land. 
what are your feels? Oh my girl? god. I I don't know why, but I cried through the entire film. And I don't typically do that. I don't know if it was just the fact that I felt like I was in a movie theater. Um, but <laughs> because we all miss the movie theaters, let's be honest. But Frances McDormand, like, there's just this unbridled goodness that jumped off the screen. Now, I don't know her personally, but whatever she was doing, if it was acting, fuck. Fuck, give her all the fucking awards. But it was just this pure goodness, salt of the earth, like american um mythos you know of goodness and perseverance despite her entire life falling apart yeah. essentially you know and it was it was beautiful and i love this and i kept thinking i was like oh if this was a documentary would it have told the same story would it have been as powerful i don't think so i think they found a really creative way to kind of weave the real and the fiction together and it was truly a work of art and yeah you could say like the the quote-unquote real the actual real people who didn't even know that they were going to be in a in a golden globe award-winning movie you could say they're not the best actors but at the same time like their raw pure honest energy it just made me believe in humanity a little more i just i really do love the docu-realism mixed narrative style that chloe Zhao has yeah because her what i think her strength is is working with unprofessional actors yeah and i will talk there i have a favorite scene if those of you who haven't seen it just skip this part now but you know the cancer yeah. the terminal cancer swanky yes and how she was talking about you know living the last moments of her life sitting on that boat on the lake yeah. talking about the swallows that was so powerful oh. to me my jaw dropped in that moment it was so honest and so human yeah right and it, it's very meditative the movie was just thematically overall done in a way of us constantly almost moving through life yeah well while everything's falling apart still finding a way to maintain our integrity oh yeah right? and, and to weave together so many places so many different people but to hold on to the exact consistent tone mm -hmm. I, i'm just like in awe yeah she's very much you know deserving of a that. master yeah. uh, of of balancing that oh, so so proud chloe is amazing okay your second pick. okay second and actually now thinking about it i don't know if i've wrecked this before but whatever you didn't wreck it i didn't you okay. haven't yeah good because it's my best kept secret Ooh. Ooh. found coffee in eagle rock oh um it's owned by my very good friend annie Choi, mm -hmm. and she is the sweetest human being i actually met her at demi tasse over in santa monica when I worked out there, I would get a macchiato every single day um, in the afternoon. And pick me up. Yeah, because I'm a European. <laughs> um, but I would walk there and the second I'd walk in the door, she would start on my macchiato so that by the time I finished paying, the macchiato was out on the ready to serve. And she is so sweet. Um, just a beacon of joy and light. And she's such a perseverer um i don't know if that's a word but she she, <laughs> she always perseveres her store has been broken into a number of times and it, it's been so difficult but she's always found a way to kind of keep pushing through and everybody who goes there fucking loves her she deserves all of it go to found coffee i definitely have to check that out the definitely. next time i'm there you better. i can't wait <laughs> all right how about so, you how about you so for me uh i just want to say uh promoting these two companies that I stand, you know, that I stand a hundred percent. The first one is Kelly, who's 33 edge. So I just recently worked with Kelly. The announcement has finally come out oh my God, oh my that God. she is the lead in my movie. <laughs> I know <laughs> for all you X-Men and Scorpion King yes. like fans, the, the queen is everything. And Kelly actually started this t-shirt company at the start of the pandemic when the first wave, it's funny that I even have to say that of um, Asian violence was happening. Wow. And so um, I'm actually wearing her sweatshirt right now. Oh, and basically, you. thank you. Um, you know, all of it is sort of designed and catered towards forming unity and the fact that we're all American and that we're all stand together. So one of her, my favorite shirts of hers, it says American in print across your chest and it's all colors, you know, all wow. skin tone colors. So please go support 33 Edge. Kelly is amazing. And, you know, um, it'll be great to support the fight against 
Racism. 100%. 100%. You know? So, uh, Kelly, love you. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, during Thanks, the shoot, Kelly. she like passed out a shirt for everyone for oh unity God. and love and all. And it's just wonderful when we, when we try to take matters into our own hands. So this is one of the examples. She chose to be creative with it mm. in terms of her activism. Absolutely. And started a teacher company. Yeah. There are um, no rules. No rules. And then my second, my second ah! pick is, of course, oh my God. Who, who donated to us today. We just, Thank we you. just gave him a shout out at the top now Fumi so now has been one of our bestest friends ever since college I know and uh, he um, and Steppy Kudo uh, have this uh, California donut shop in Koreatown which I know a lot of you may know about already because it was Instagram famous for the longest time oh my god like literally Steppy is she was a dancer at UCI and she also was like designing t-shirts making apparel so after school she went back to help her parents donut shop yes and ended up making those panda donuts that everyone's freaking making yes. now. I mean, but like often imitated, they were replicated. The OG. They were the OG. She transformed her parents' Cambodian donut shop into like an LA staple. Like fuck Pink's hot dog. She's like literally a marketing genius. Literally. Yeah. Like everything. And I, I know like her and now are like the the, the dream team. They've got yes. a little baby now. Yes. So exciting. And um, they're just fucking awesome. When you go there, yeah, you'll probably wait in line because 24 hour like they Dude, are just when it was Land. When it was like really popping, I remember people lined around the block for two hours Yo, for their donuts. And that yeah. shit is fucking good. They have like a unicorn donut. They have <gasps> a panda donut. They have. Uh, I brought uh, a whole box of them you, for you last week. You literally brought in an entire box. They have an animal cracker donut. Yeah. They have, oh my God, Fruit literally donuts, everything. Um, Oreo donuts. Like, and they're so visually aesthetic. It's like, like ready for your gram. Like you don't even have to like put on, like you don't have to frame it nicely. Any like accidental photo you take it is, is going like to be gram Star Wars happening, they have a Chewbacca donut. They have oh like my everything. God, they're yeah. so on it. They're so on it. I like, don't even they're know. They're geniuses. They're geniuses. Support Cambodian donut shops, yes. y'all. Seriously. Uh, and there, there's a couple California donuts, right? Which one is theirs? Theirs is the one in K-Town on 3rd Street. So Thank yeah, you. it is. Uh, they're, they're all California donuts, but only this California donuts does the specialty donuts. Yes. So make sure to check them out. Do it. Okay. Well, we are going to continue our series that we launched during our dad's episodes because you know what? I couldn't get enough. And today we went out to a Taiwanese restaurant and I got called out for not speaking Taiwanese. So, Roxy, what time is it? It's time for Let's Speak Taiwanese. Me and Briska are just going to continue to do what we want to yes, do. So unless you're like, you know, you email us or DM us and be like, obviously we're saying all of this to get more engagement from you guys. So it's like, hey, bring back the tarot card polls. Hey, continue the lesson in Taiwanese. You on your toes. Yeah, we yeah. like, we'll just continue to do whatever like the fuck Conan we want. And his masturbating bear. Yes. You can't bring that back, though, because I think NBC owns it. What was it? Was it a masturbating bear or was it an otter or a beaver? Anyway, a masturbating something. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be uh, like tuned, that. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will feature. Oh, no, that's already IP. That's taken <laughs> from Conan. All right. So because of our uh, theme for our episode today, Stop AAPI Hate and the Fight Against Racism, let's learn how to say, I am your friend and oh, you are my friend. You're going to make me cry. I know. <laughs> Because at first we were thinking about like, oh, let's think of some fun slang, but it just makes more sense to learn useful terms that could, you know, really benefit us making genuine connections, right? So, um, I am your friend. Mm -hmm. Wa, wa, si, si, li, li, e, e, bing you, bing you, bing you, bing you, yeah. Wa, si, li, oh, oh, wait, wa, si, li, e, e, Bing you. Bing you. Bing you. Bing you. Yes. That's so great. Bing you. Bing you. Bing you. Bing you. Beautiful. Bing you. Wait, washi li e bing you. Very good. And so uh, it's like how pung yo, right? Good friends. Bing you. Yeah, and then if you say you are my friend, you literally just switch it around. Li xi wa e bing you. Li xi wa e bing you. So wa is me, li is you. Oh. Right? Okay, quick pop quiz. You are my friend. (laughs) You are my friend. (laughs) You are my friend. Oh, oh. Li, wait. Uh Li xi xi wa e bing you. (laughs) Okay, I, uh, uh, I am your friend. 
Okay, good friend. I forgot. <laughs> no, that's Wait, great. That friend? was so impressive. Okay, no, no, no. Don't apologize. Okay, uh, how do you say uh, 吃饱没? Oh my gosh. <laughs> 假爸爸. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we go to Daco, so uh, uh, yeah. you should say, you should say ah, 假爸爸 to the, ah, the owner. <laughs> It'll be so ironic because they work at a restaurant. It'll be so. Well, fun. she did say I'm hungry, and oh, I was like, Oh, bitch, yeah, 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 oh, yeah clock out, boy. yeah, jab boy. Uh, and so, just to combine some of this, you know, that was amazing. Washi liye you, right? I am your good friend. Washi liye he you. Oh, oh, hun, like or yeah. 我是你的好朋友。好朋友。好, okay. Washi liye, washi liye. Whoa, your your accents are on point. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Good job, good job. I'm good sorry. Job. I'm so slow. But no, no, no. You're <laughs> so you fluent. For, thank you, teacher. Girl. Can um, I stay after class? Of and course, you want clean extra the, credit? I'll clean your erasers. Oh. Ooh, I'll bang them together. Oh. You know why? Because washi liya bang you. Oh. <laughs> Girl, you're going to be so fluent in Taiwanese. So like, fluent. like, by the time we go back to... Daco. <laughs> It'll be a whole I'm, different I'm ready. story. So hopefully you guys are learning along. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's any phrases that you guys are dying to learn, please send it to Teacher Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> all of Our my DMs fantasies. are open. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's like, in my head, you're wearing like little glasses that kind of slide down your nose. You've got like a low ponytail. You're wearing like a skirt, like a dark gray skirt with a little slit, but not a crazy slit. And then my it's 38 be- H bra is like <laughs> fucking hanging out. Yes, with like a button up and it's pinstriped somehow. And it's stretching open. Yeah, and you're just at a desk and it's just filled with apples because that's how much all the other students love you, but I have to be your favorite. Oh, this is totally the start of the hentai comic book. <laughs> Come back next week for part two. <laughs> but also, let's take action against yes. everything that's let's happening. Let's also take action against AAPI <laughs> hate and please check out our website for resource lists um and send us your resource lists if you have more mm-hmm. thanks for always tuning in everybody like we appreciate just you learning along with us yes yes <laughs> is this the shortest episode we've ever done i'm so proud of us I'm so proud of- wait let's get the fuck out of here before we ruin our record <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody so um we'll be back next week with an all-new episode until then have a horny week our lovely goatees and remember stay is hosted by Roxy and Priska. Engineered by Abraham Kim at the Shire Studios. Music by Abraham Kim. Artwork by Connie Yen. Please visit us at twohornygoats.com. Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. Speak up now and tell them your tales. The shadow can't silence the sound